and welcome to Opera Apero. My name is Sophia, and this is the show to make you feel smart enough to actually understand opera. Um, I'm very excited because on today's, I'm always excited. I know I say that, but I truly am always excited to talk to every single guest. Um, but on today's episode is my good friend Alex. Uh, I know his name is Alejandro, but. I'm so used to calling him Alex. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really weird. I have this whole like dual identity depending on the country. So yeah, <laughs> again, you're not the only one. What do you mean depending on the country? Tell the people. Ah, yes. Uh, let's let's rewind things a few years back. Um, so yeah, again, as similar to Sophia, uh, we are from the same city, from Miami. And yeah, and I've been living in Canada for the last five years. So, yeah, I have uh, two different versions of myself, essentially. One, the Miami-based one, where I'm Alex and from Miami. And then now this weird northern alter ego of living in northern Canada and now saying Zed. Cool. Um, So the first question of the show is, how do we know each other? Ah, Well, we got to take it back to 2010, I guess. Um, God, we're getting old. But, um, but yeah, no, uh, we know each other from high school. <laughs> Holy shit. I have known you that yeah. long. Yeah. We're old. We're approaching 30. Sophia. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we, we know. We're not old. We're uh, not old. Yeah. I don't know. But I have my good days and bad days, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, we know each other from high school. So we went to a super, super cool, super smart high school back in Miami. Cause we obviously we're geniuses and whatnot. And yeah, and then kind of just kind of hung out, befriended each other, and went our separate ways. But here we are. (laughs) What is it? Uh, 11 years later, I guess. Yeah. And as we were talking earlier, uh, what struck me is that when we were in high school, we used to talk all the time about going out and seeing the world and just doing everything and... Yeah, and and I we were talking, we were talking about life, your life in Canada, and like my life in Berlin, and it was just like a weird moment where I was like, oh, this is we truly have like done all of these things that we talked about when we were like seventeen. And <laughs> yeah, 18. it's it's pretty great. Like I I guess I was a little bit off in terms of where I would end up in terms of country. I always assumed it was going to be Europe, <laughs> but you ended up in Europe, not me. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's wild. I love it. I I honestly. There's still time. Hey, there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's awesome. I never expected to live in a remote setting in northern Canada, though. That's that's really the the curveball there. But can't complain. It's pretty good so far. Cool. Have you ever been to or seen an opera? I have never seen an opera or been to one. So this is all new to me, and I'm excited and scared. And I'm just ready to see what happens. <laughs> scared? Why are you scared? It seems like I understand excited. I don't, but okay, so on my on my end, I've never had exposure. So this is a complete new like subsect of music, and it always, unfortunately, and you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I always saw it to be more of a. It came with the social, like the social status and social class that I was like kind of never really close to, I guess. And therefore, I don't know. Like it's so foreign to me that that's the only impression I have. 
So I'm kind of like eager to see what this, you know, me jumping into this world kind of <laughs> produces really. Okay, cool. The opera I picked is by Dmitry Shostakovich and it's called The Nose or in Russian, Nos. Hmm. I wonder what it's about. <laughs> I can only assume. <laughs> uh, it's originally... <laughs> I, yeah, it's originally based off of a short story by Nikolai Gogol uh, that was published in 1836. And then Shostakovich's opera came out in 1930, and it first premiered in Leningrad, which is now St. Petersburg. So let's get started. So the opera starts, uh, and also I did have my mom coach me on how to pronounce these names. I'm sure they will still come out not great. Well, hey... <laughs> I, I believe in you. So we start with uh, collegiate assessor Kovalyov uh, is at the barber, and his barber's name is Ivan Yakovlevich. Uh, so Kovalyov is getting a shave at his barber, and he's complaining about the barber's like breath and general like scent. He's just like, "You stink! Like, why do you smell so bad?" Um, and the barber's like, I don't know why that could be. Uh, and then Kovalyov, they like finish up. He goes on his merry way. Uh, and the next morning, Yakovlevich, the barber, is waking up and asks his wife her breakfast. And she sends up a basket of food. And as he's opening the basket of food, what does he find? A nose. A nose? <laughs> wow. Yes. Got it. Yes, he finds a nose in his breakfast. <laughs> ah, yes. What a lovely, nutritious breakfast there. This is a very surreal opera, so be prepared. He is completely shocked, and his he like yells at his wife about the nose in his breakfast, and she kind of accuses him by being like, "Well, who's cut? Like, which customer did uh, did you cut their nose off of?" And and he uh, he's dumbfounded and so she's just tells him you need to like go get rid of it and do it discreetly wow <laughs> so he wraps it up and <laughs> and he goes for a walk uh by the neva river which is a river that runs through saint petersburg and he's trying to like dispose of it but people see him and recognize him and are trying to talk to him and uh, as he's he like tosses it into the river but the police are like what are you doing <laughs> and uh then they try to question him and he gets a little like flustered and so they actually like arrest him and just take him into jail wow <laughs> who would have thought getting rid of a nose would be that complicated <laughs> Yeah. So at the same time, uh, it's, you know, next morning after the shave, Kovalyov wakes up and he looks in the mirror or he like, you know, you wake up, and you're like, and he feels his face and he's just like, I'm missing my nose. As you might imagine, waking up and losing your nose would not be a pleasant feeling. I imagine it to be quite the... It'd be a little Exactly. I, I think... Uh... That would not be a great way to start the day for sure for anyone. Like, I just want my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
He's like, well, I have to go find my nose now. Uh, so he leaves his flat to go find his nose. Uh, he races off. And in the next scene, he's in Kazan the- Cathedral, which is a- another uh, big like landmark of St. Petersburg. And in Kazan Cathedral, what does he see? But his nose. And... <laughs> whoa (laughs) the nose has grown to be like the size of a human the nose is in the cathedral praying and the nose has also reached a social class above his own holy shit (laughs) okay all right all right this is very kafka-esque i like it (laughs) yeah yeah so in productions they're basically um I don't know, like, those kind of, like, it's, like, a maybe, like, a paper mache kind of nose, and someone's just, like, in it and, like, walking around. <laughs> so it's like, it's, like, going to, like, a like a sporting event and just being the mascot? Yes! Yes! Sick. <laughs> yes. Um, so, <laughs> he goes and he approaches the nose, and... He begs the nose to return to his face, uh, but the nose is just like acts like it doesn't understand what he's saying. And then at one point is just like, well, like we can't converse easily because we're not you're like a lower class than I am. Wow. (laughs) And so. um. Some people enter the cathedral and are trying to talk to Kovalyov. And while they do that, while he's distracted, the nose like escapes the cathedral and like runs away from him. <laughs> and that's that's oh act wow, one. <laughs> that's that's a lot of action happening there. <laughs> so act two, Kovalyov heads to the chief of police's home to you know get him involved because his nose is out on the loose. He needs to find him and get him back. So. But the chief of police is not home. So he heads to the newspaper office. Sees he wants to. He's like, I'll put in a classifieds <laughs> ad so that if anyone finds my nose, they can get in touch with me. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? So he, he gets there and uh, in line ahead of him is someone who's putting an ad for a missing dog. And he's like, you know, missing dog, missing nose, same thing, great. So then he goes and talks to the clerk at the newspaper office. And he is like, I want to put in an ad for missing nose. Uh, And the whole newspaper staff at this point just, like, laugh at him. And, um, yeah, they're just laughing and laughing. And and then, like, despite seeing that his nose is missing, uh, they are, like, actually – we we see that your nose is truly gone off of your face, but we cannot place an ad for a missing nose because that would ruin the reputation of our newspaper. Oh my, jeez, <laughs> that's not good service. And then instead, the clerk at the newspaper is like, you know, instead of us placing this ad, this is actually a really great story. You should just sell this story to like a publication. And and Kovalev's just. That's that's not going to help me. I just I just want my nose back. That's not going to help me. And he goes home. He's very frustrated. Um, when he's home, 
he he gets home he finds his servant is at home his ser- his servant's name is Yvonne and he's playing a folk song and singing and amusing himself with music and uh Kovalyov just sends him away and it's just and it's just like leave I just you know want to he's upset and he sends him away and then he like has this like aria where he's just like sings about like being sad and uh before and then he goes to sleep but so part of i i took a, i pulled a quote from that and i think it's interesting because he part of the this thing he says is says armless or legless it's not too bad but noseless a man is no more than a hybrid creature he's not even an animal and certainly not a citizen holy shit there's a lot to unpack there i guess <laughs> The man definitely feels incomplete. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the end of Act 2, is him going to sleep. Now we're in Act 3. Uh, the police are involved in the search for the nose. So the, we're at a, we're, the scene opens, we're at a train station. And there's a lot of commotion. There's people selling stuff and... Lots of, I mean, it's a train station. You got a lot of stuff going on. People coming and going. Uh, and so the police are trying to catch the nose uh, and prevent it from escaping the city. How they got the tip to search the train station for the nose, I haven't a clue. Um, but so in the commotion that is happening, uh, the nose kind of like sees that the police are distracted and tries to run and catch a train to like leave the city and the police see it and they like run after it and catch it and they catch it and then it's this large group of policemen they're all beating (laughs) the nose and they beat it back down to a regular size wow jeez that's uh (laughs) man that's that's a lot of action there just like me cleaving the whole damn thing eh? just I don't know. It's uh, I have a hard time imagining that that much action happening in a old timey Russian station. But I guess you know what, based on the stories I hear of like communist Russia, I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? Fair enough. You know, I guess I guess there's a lot there that I can kind of imagine from like the stories my dad used to tell me about the communists growing up. <laughs> but yes, yeah. Um... So they get it to that regular size and they wrap it up and they uh, hand deliver it back to Kovalyov. Uh, and he's so overjoyed and he takes it <laughs> and he can't reattach it to his face. <laughs> Why? <laughs> this poor man. This poor nose as well. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Everyone's just yeah. hurting. Yeah, so he can't reattach it to his face. They ask a doctor, and the doctor can't reattach it either. Like, the nose just won't go back in place. And uh, Kovalev's first thought is that he believes he is the victim, that he believes he is the victim of witchcraft. Um, so prior to this whole story being started, he had um courted this uh madame potochina's daughter and madame potochina wanted him to marry the daughter and he said that he wasn't really old enough for that 
and in five years I'll be 42 and then it'll be appropriate. Wow. <laughs> and uh, he turns the daughter away. And so he thinks that because he turned the daughter away, Madame Potocina has put us put a basically put a spell on him, put put a hex on him. Wow. Anyway. And so Poor. his yeah, you know, as any man who's been hexed, you would think your best bet is to mail them a letter <laughs> explaining that they un- they need to undo the hex or I'll take them to court. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know how that would hold up, but yeah, why not, you know? <laughs> just go to the source of the problem, I guess. Or you could just marry her, you know, like realistically speaking, you could just marry her. <laughs> so- It'd be much easier that way, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, um, so he he writes her a letter uh, asking her to undo whatever she has done, explaining like, look, uh, you've taken my nose, or and blah, 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 Um and at this point in the opera, um, what happens is that actually it pans away from him and pans to uh, Madame Potocina and her daughter, like on a balcony reading the letter out loud. And they're a little bit confused by it because if you got a letter saying that someone's nose was missing, you might you might interpret that not literally. And so that's exactly what happens. They think, yeah, the the mom thinks that uh, the nose is actually like reference to something else, like oh, leading you by the nose, or like leading you. I don't know, faking, or it. She just thinks it's kind of like a euphemism for something. And she's like, oh, let me clarify. Actually, if you wanted my daughter's hand in marriage, I would be very positive. Like, I want you to. Ma-. And so she kind of interprets it <laughs> completely incorrectly. I mean, incorrectly for Kovalev, but completely correctly for like any like sane Absolutely. person. Absolutely. Oh my god. That's not in a surrealist. No, this opera. is a pretty meta. <laughs> this is absolutely very much built on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, but uh, man, what a what a nose journey. Hmm. Uh. So she sends that response, and Kovalev reads it, and then upon reading it, he realizes, okay, actually, based on this response, based on the fact that she didn't know what I was talking about, I know it's not her fault. <laughs> and so uh, he's just like, all right, out of ideas. Um, and then meanwhile, there's been a bunch of like talk and rumors about the nose that's been running around the city. And so there's just like a scene with uh, a bunch of like city people a buzz and like singing about how the nose is running around and they're all looking for it because they all want to see this like wild nose uh and that's the end of act three wow jeez yeah so now we're in the epilogue <laughs> of the opera Kovalev wakes up and finds that his nose has been reattached wow <laughs> how <laughs> And then it's never revealed. I sigh. (laughs) It's been reattached. He dances a polka out of just pure joy. It's just the joy fills his whole heart, his body, his limbs, and he dances. And then Yakovlevich has been released from prison, (laughs) shows up 
to Kovalyov's to give him a shave. Gives him a shave. Uh, and they greet each other and talk. And then after the shave, Kovalyov goes for a walk along the river. Um, and he's just chit-chatting with everyone that he sees. Um, and then there's like a little uh, trio of people who sing a little bit about how it's such a ridiculous story. And so the, it's just these characters, like si- like the chorus side characters of the story singing about what a ridiculous story it is and how no one will believe it. And uh, <laughs> and then that's the end of the opera. Wow. That's a very full circle story. <laughs> Jeez. It just really reminds me of Metamorphoses yeah. a lot. Um, I don't know. That's the first one that came to mind, you know, just like this like kind of absurd kind of like changing of body, I guess, even though it's a body part. But I'm like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ. It's like very it sounds like it's a Kafka production for sure, or at least influence if it even corresponds with the times. Hmm. The Metamorphosis was first published in 1915. So that's definitely after the Gogol story came out because Gogol, the, the short story came out in 1836. Oh. Um, and so then Metamorphosis was in 1915. And then I'm not that smart. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> what do you think? Wow, uh, I don't even know where to start because I mean it's obviously very absurd. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I a lot a lot of a uh, lot of gaps there. Like especially like towards the end, like how how does the nose get reattached? Like he just wakes up and bam, it's back. You know, despite this whole like fiasco of looking for it, and obviously you know bringing it back down to a normal size apparently because that's the thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what to unpack that. I mean, all I have to do is beat the shit out of it and then it'll go uh, back to normal Apparently, sense. apparently that's how they do it in Russia, but yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stay woke. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. How, how do you feel? How do you feel about this since you actually went ahead and did a little bit more deep diving on this? I mean... I think it's an interesting opera because it's a little bit ridiculous. Also, what's interesting is that they, so operas have all the like music uh, and then, but there's also, so some, there's concert performances of operas where they don't like do any staging. They just have an orchestra and singers perform the songs like in place and uh basically Shostakovich was saying this opera should not be performed that way it'll completely ruin it like no one will like it and that's actually exactly <laughs> what happened when the the first time they tried to do it um and so i think like i don't know maybe you truly need the absurdity of like yeah a person running around in a, like a paper mache nose on stage to appreciate the music of it <laughs> cuz like i the, the, i think the music does kind of reflect this like wackiness of what's happening and the like wackiness but also like chaos. yeah like i think i think that's a that's a very good point because I, I i you know in my mind right now just hearing it for the first time i'm just like really trying to trying to picture how this would play out on the stage and like i i don't 
I don't know how that I would receive that. Like, I'd just be like, you know, completely just kind of lost throughout the whole thing, just trying to m- make sense of what's going on, you know, just with this like sense of like impending chaos and also just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So at this point, I would really like to see it live to see like what the hell actors do, you know, in terms of running around the stage and all that good stuff. So, yeah. There's like also, because I know you care a lot about this, there's kind of all these like references to social class throughout it, plus like societal constraints. So there's like the constraint of class that prevents him from initially like talking to the nose like too much when he sees, when he finds him for the first time, but also the constraint of like the newspaper being like, we know this is the truth, but we are not going to print this because... Yeah. It's look good for us. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, going back to the marriage thing as well, right? Like the marriage aspect of it, you know, like this like societal pressure to get married and, you know, like, you know, jumping to that kind of conclusion that, you know, like this is all a product of essentially being hexed for not like essentially participating in this like, you know, marriage or getting married at a relatively early age, you know, even though like he's approaching 40, which in my opinion, that's very acceptable in modern times yeah what do you wait hold on like what do you mean by the marriage uh sorry thing? the um the proposal or wanting of of the marriage from the i forget her name sorry i'm really bad with names in any context but um but yeah like the, how they introduce that i find it to be you know obviously a very clear interjection of the societal pressure to get married you know and marry, you know, like, respectably as well, I find. Um, at least that's what I'm taking away from it. That's my own little side interpretation, let's say. Hmm. Yeah, I actually, so I would like to hear more about that because when I first watched the opera, I was really, that whole part felt like a weird detour where... I don't, for some reason, I was like, this is the part that doesn't make sense <laughs> Not to the me. running nose. <laughs> but I, I never, the the marriage plot, I well, did not get at all. And so I would love to hear more about, like, yeah, what you absolutely. Like, I, he's that. obviously, like, freaking out, looking for the nose and, you know, trying to find in some way, shape or form the, the cause of this, like, development, let's say. You know, the whole nose falling apart and running around and whatnot. And his assumption to go to this, like, person or this, like, you know, the mother-daughter duo and, you know, you know, jumping to the conclusion that this is a product of being cursed or hexed or whatever word you want to use, it kind of reflects that, you know, he's essentially being castigated in some way, shape, or form for not taking a marriage proposal or, like, you know, or not marrying at a relatively, at that stage of his life, essentially, right? So it's 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 him obviously assuming these things, right? Because obviously they're kind of like mm-hmm. we have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, and like you know then they read it aloud. But I do think that the, he his assumption of it of him being like oh my god, like like you know someone's done harm to me because I haven't really done X Y Z thing is like I would say like you know him or it's like a a theme of. A societal pressure, essentially, I would say, of him not participating in what is expected of him more than anything else. 
Do you feel pressured to get married? Yeah. It's weird. I, I, you know what? I feel like now, especially approaching 30, even though I know it's just an arbitrary number and doesn't necessarily mean much. Um, it's weird. It doesn't come from family or anything. It's just more of this like kind of like, oh, I'm seeing people now on social media start getting married or buying houses and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like just like in the background. And I'm like, oh, this is what people do now, you know, like as you get older and it's like, not for me, but like, I don't know. It's this weird kind of just like no one's saying it out loud and directly at me, but I'm seeing it. and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is what people expect of me even though you know on any day i'd be like i'm a i'm a free man i do what i want you know kind of sort of thing but yeah it's a it's a new feeling it's a new feeling that's creeping on and i don't like it and i don't know i just want to keep on being in my 20s forever but whatever let's neither here nor there but yeah <laughs> you know you can still have fun in your 30s and 40s right yeah but it's like the weird oh god like when i was 22 i was so resilient and like i was mentioning it earlier now with like three beers i'm like i gotta tap out you know because then i just end up buying drinks with the whole bar apparently <laughs> you know so um yeah i don't know it's it's a weird it's a really <laughs> weird development that i'm like oh i'm aging this is happening even though it's like very minute obviously it's not like <laughs> yeah okay yeah. so my next question is how would you feel if you woke up without your nose confused <laughs> very confused um <laughs> i don't know that's a fucking yeah that's a weird thing to uh to imagine like i don't know and like you know people lose parts of the body like that's a you know unfortunate but you know it's a common enough thing where people you know like lose have amputations and whatnot but like the nose is very particular like those like that's that's not yeah. like a even within that realm or that scope of losing parts of the body, it's still very peculiar. And like, yeah, I don't know. It'd be really, really weird. Cause I, I don't know what that would mean for like just general day to day stuff. Would I be able to smell? Would I be able to enjoy food as much? Would I be able to like, I don't know, like be in the woods and enjoy the, the smell of pine trees. Well, you totally would not be able to enjoy food because like, so much of like your taste is wrapped up with the scent mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, it, it's just one of those areas where I don't think about it, but it's obviously very, very crucial to everything else I find. And yeah, I don't know. I'd be freaking, I'd be freaked out, especially if I had to like go chase it. If anything, like in the fucking opera, you know, I'd be like, "What the hell is happening? Is this like an acid trip?" You know. But anyway, that's that's where my mind goes. <laughs> yeah, and also like when you think about your face as your like id like it's your id card your face is on your id cards on your passport and really like it's your eyes yeah. your nose and your mouth those are like the key elements and the placement of those affects like the rest of how you're i don't know like it affects the geography and so if you lose like your if we consider the sure, eyes as one not? component <laughs> then you're losing like a yeah. third of your face. No, it's it's definitely not an ideal outcome. Um, it actually reminds me yesterday because I was watching Lupin, which I don't know if you've seen, but I highly recommend it. Um, well, yeah, there's like a they're searching for someone and they're doing this whole like you know like virtual like you know how back in the day they used to have like the artist sketch 
faces uh, the faces of people they were looking for and whatnot now it's like obviously computer programming because like it's 2021 and like yeah they were kind of like just messing about with the nose and all that stuff and like yeah it does like they essentially come out with multiple outcomes and it's like completely different person like you know just because of like you know a small feature change essentially and like yeah i don't know it would just like feel weird i'd feel like a stranger in my own body like you know look in the mirror and it's not who you once were, you know, kind of sort of thing. Anyway, that's what I think. What are your thoughts? You seem pensive. <laughs> what What do you think uh, yeah. the nose uh, reflects in this whole story? Yeah. I don't know if I beat you to a question or not, but. It's like weird to talk about like the importance of one piece of your like body. So on this date I was on, this guy asked me like, what part of my body am I like most proud of? <laughs> and I, <laughs> I didn't have an answer because I was just like, I don't know. I just like my whole <laughs> physical form. <laughs> I don't know. That's a very peculiar question. I, I wouldn't know how to answer that either. I'd, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm kind of happy with the whole package. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know, and now I like uh, talking about this opera. I'm like, I mean, I guess yeah. I would really like miss my nose if it was gone. I would really miss like X Y Z if it was gone. I don't like what part of your body would you be okay with it? Oh being man. Gone? So I've actually thought about this quite a bit. Uh, I don't know why. I'm just, I don't know. But I think, uh, I think just just because of the time we live, I think I'd rather it be like a foot or like or my left hand it yeah i think that that would be it but i i think other than that i only because like you know things are getting better wait i'm sorry a whole hand hand? or arm i but also you hike so much you do so many physical activities. I'm surprised. Yeah, but I, I normally so I'm not a rock climber, luckily, because fuck that. Um, but um, but yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. You have to understand. Okay, so to give you context, <laughs> people here are, are very intense about physical activities and what they do because it's like a town in the middle of nowhere, right? People here will gladly tell you, "I'm like, oh yeah, like I biked up the mountain and I went seven hours and just to get to a waterfall, so then I can ice climb it, you know, while it's frozen." Like, that's, like, a thing people do here very casually. And, you know, I'm kind of, like, here being, like, I went for a hike and I feel super outdoorsy and cool. And so, therefore, it's very skewed here. So, luckily, I'm I'm vanilla here. <laughs> very vanilla. Despite, you know, being in the woods, like, you know, with a whole bunch of grizzlies and, you know, a very remote area. But, like, yeah, like, people here are too hardcore. So, like, and, and it's honestly something that doesn't appeal to me. So, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I can lose a the left arm and i can still kind of go on the hikes whatever like it's all right still got the right one you know it'll work i can still use my bear spray you know like that's all that matters bear spray <laughs> can i use it yes or no <laughs> that's it <laughs> of course i of course living in remote canada you've thought about of this course. of course now it all makes sense you have no idea how, how often it happens here yeah <laughs> anyway 
Now my answer is going to sound stupid. I was going to say, I feel like I could lose like one nipple or maybe like a pinky or like, I don't know. (laughs) Things that aren't useful. I mean, at least like if I only have one nipple left, then like I could still like breastfeed a kid if I needed to. And like the pinky. Ah, the pinky is useless, right? Like it's. But you went for like major fucking parts yeah. of the body. <laughs> um, do you want to talk anything about the communism? Well, so I don't know. So I know most of my very limited knowledge about you know Russia and Soviet Union. Let's say like is all like post like revolution, like you know post nineteen seventeen, I guess. So like, but it's very interesting now that you've actually cleared up the whole like time frame or like, you know, when this was like produced and whatnot, like it's still like a, like a runner up to it though. <laughs> so it's part and parcel of the whole communist product. Cause like, obviously like czarist Russia was like very unequal. So it was like, kind of like you're in the elite or you're a peasant kind of sort of thing. I mean. Oh yeah. So I guess not the communism, but the like inequality. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, you know, given the time frame, like, Tsarist Russia was, like, notoriously bad for that, you know? Like, it was why people eventually, you know, the Bolsheviks kind of gathered the support and, like, kind of, you know, did what they did, you know? Um, but, yeah, like, it's it's very interesting just kind of noticing. Um, no, I know nothing. Can you explain okay, it to yeah. me? yeah. So, essentially, yeah, due to, like, massive inequality... I mean, I'm, I'm really synthesizing this very, very quickly. There's obviously way more, but like I like due to inequality in Russia or at least, you know, pre- it, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of going bad memory, so I'm kind of spitballing here. So like I, I, I refuse to provide fake news to anyone or fake information. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, no, like I, I think like due to the inequalities that obviously like kind of like, you know, the, the whole communist like ideology kind of took root in in Russia essentially was due to this like whole the czarist method of operating right which was like you know essentially like a pseudo feudal system in Russia right it was like you know those who were in the elite class and were part of the you know governing structure essentially versus like the peasants just trying to you know like you know deal with the ba- the day-to-day survival kind of stuff and I think you know based on what you're on on like what was happening in the opera it's very clear that you know the class is a very core theme to it right like in terms of like you know like you know that that the haves and have-nots kind of sort of so like i really think at the end of the day like yeah it's a precursor or at least it sets like a setting that is obviously very unequal in this whole like opera where yeah like even saint petersburg like one of the richer areas of russia essentially still was very divided at that time and still had that sort of kind of like oh we can't do this because you're not part of xyz group you know sort of thing so i don't know that's a very simplistic way of like summarizing you know class inequality in a very specific time in in history but nonetheless i think yeah i think the general gist kind of explains like what exactly was brewing underneath even if it was like a few decades before the communist revolution i think thanks for the historical context alex (laughs) very lacking in detail but whatever (laughs) i mean no i was actually talking to my mom about this right before 
and I was explaining, yeah, I think social class is like one of those things that gets referenced a lot in the in the in the story. And she was telling me, well, it's not social class. It's actually like levels within the bureaucracy, uh, the nomenclatura. And I I had to clarify that this actually isn't in the communist times. It's in um, the original stories from early 1800s. And so and she went, oh, yes. So it's not the bureaucracy. It is social class. (laughs) I just. I, I, I. Yes, it's the name, but also it just seems that truly there is something about okay yes in communist in the communism stage you everyone's equal but if you're in the nomenclatura that's just yeah. another class system yeah you're still the elite <laughs> so it's not called class but it is just a form of creating social division which is what exactly. class is <laughs> and i think you know what like as long as you have hierarchy in any regardless of how you name it or decide to operate under the pretenses of whatever ideology as long as you have hierarchy i don't see a good solution (laughs) as far as you know leveling out the playing field so um i don't know i have my thoughts now that i work in government and i deal with uh seeing the behind the scenes stuff in terms of transparency so i'm kind of becoming a cynic so i am uh, also very much on that sort of you know kind of mentality (laughs) No, eighteen-year-old yeah. Alex would be disappointed. Eighteen-year-old Alex was. Just I was idealist. so for the listeners out there. I used to be a hardcore, not hardcore. I was a, I was a wannabe Marxist, let's say. Um, but yeah, I was a, a lefty, and I still am. I'm, I'm just more NDP. <laughs> oh, f- fully like fully the meme of like communist <laughs> ex-boyfriend. <laughs> like, yeah, take a our t-shirt and all, you know, included. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. Yeah, and now I'm like, oh, now I'm a bureaucrat making money. I'm like, oh, this is good. I like the middle class. It's it's working for me, you know. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm kind of I'm not NIMBY yet. Like I'm still like, like in terms of political parties here in Canada, which I, yeah, Wait, not NIMBY? in my backyard. Like you know, like a leftist that kind of like is like, yeah, I support this and that, but not around here. You know, is yeah, that's a that's an acronym there for you. I've yeah. never heard of this. Yeah. Maybe because you've been in Europe too much. <laughs> yeah, that like I, I think of uh, over here. A common thing is, um, and actually, I was having this discussion yesterday with someone. It was uh, someone was trying to be woke at work and essentially trying to say like, oh, like, because okay, to paint the whole picture, the office is right next to a shelter for like obviously people who are homeless or have you know all the other ills of homelessness, right? Like drug addictions, all that good stuff, right? And the someone was like trying to be cool and woke, trying to say like, oh, like, like they were trying to preserve their dignity, but like also trying to say, oh, these people should not be here, despite you know the building actually just being right next to that lot. And I was kind of like, oh fuck, like you can't be trying to be woke and also you know tell the the homeless shelter to go out in the middle of nowhere. Like that's not cool, you know. It would be not cool for me to be like a leftist in whatever way even though i've become more of a center left now but like i don't think i could live with myself being like ah yes i support ending homelessness but also don't do it in my neighborhood please (laughs) you know that's kind of i find there's a bit of hypocrisy there that's my take on it at least interesting okay was there anything of note 
in the opera that you wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, I, it just, again, it metamorphoses is the, the, the comparison it I just can't get out of my head, essentially, you know, just like this whole like morphing of a body or body part, I guess, that just like, obviously will never happen, but like. Mm-hmm. What about the metamorphosis did you like? Well, I think there... it's very parallel in terms of like, you know, and met- I personally don't like metamorphosis despite being forced to read it in high school. I think we read it. <laughs> I don't remember, but um missing her oh god she scared me um she still scares me uh, did you read it i think so <laughs> maybe maybe a wikipedia summary you know i don't i don't know <laughs> cannot confirm nor deny but uh, but uh yeah like i mean at least the, the whole notion of this like you know someone essentially becoming the other that core theme is like very much present here you know like the other here is like the man not necessarily the nose right like it's the man who is lost this essential part of of the whole you know and the whole essentially is incomplete in some regard mm-hmm. um and i think i think yeah like that that translates very well with metamorphosis at least in that aspect of you know the person changing and converting into a different species you know so i don't know except yeah again different time frames and all that good stuff but i think overall like i think the other or recognizing the other is really what's parallel or like very similar i think yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah because yeah, he is like a little bit outside of like society as he's going through all of this um yeah cool so what did you think overall? Overall, uh, based on what I received, I would give it a 7 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never no, I like numbers. Before. I like That's numbers. Great. Numbers paint a nice picture. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I like it. I like Um, No, you don't. You hated every math <laughs> class. okay fine fine but like (laughs) okay you're right but nonetheless i was the math person you were not no i again was the marxist looking into history and social studies hence why i have a master's in international development but it's just same same shit uh yeah plus we all have we all have computers now math is an algorithm that someone has already built in some way, shape, or form. So, okay, take that, Mister Walker. <laughs> okay, the math person built the. Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't need to find the cosine of anything. It's not in my job description. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's my that's my arbitrary uh, rating. Um, okay. I will give it a cool. seven out of ten, um, and I feel confident in that answer. Um, you may add it online and make it publicly available for everyone. <laughs> so. great great okay then with that um thank you for uh listening thank you for being on the show thank you for listening to me uh explain this opera to you and giving it such a high good ish rating i'm glad you somewhat enjoyed it i did (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you for 
It's hurting some needed culture in my life. Uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> this has been Opera Apero. Uh, you can find, you can follow uh, the show on social media uh, at opera.apero on Instagram and at opera.apero on Twitter. Yeah, if you like the show, follow or leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, that's it. And I'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.